Hello, ladies and gentle them, beautiful people, all of the, the, the different things. Welcome to Fantasy, the podcast that you probably didn't think you were getting a new episode of this week, but you are, which is why you love us. We are the show for all those complex and complicated conversations about the gray areas in our lives. I am journalist and writer that is counting the days to this goddamn inauguration, Jared Hill. And I am also ready for the year to be over, aka Travel Anderson. Coming up on our last episode of 2020, it's wow, New Year's that just Eve. Hit for me. The what? That just I just realized this is our last show of the year, yeah. It's New Year's Eve, the day that you are listening to this. Yes, we recorded it early. Mind your business. Um, but we're going to get take a look back at this eventful ass, trash ass year through Fantai's eyes. Okay. That's gonna be the entire episode. We don't have no A segment, no B segment, no nothing else, okay? Purely just revisiting our show through 2020. Okay. <laughs> People are like, what's an A segment? I don't know what that is. Um, We are taking a look back at 2020. I say the abomination that was through the lens of Fanti. We're going to go through our favorite like conversations that we've had this year because, you know, we are a show that has conversations about everything um, that that's happening in and around our lives, um, uh, you know, individually and collectively. And so I wanted to just kind of jump into my favorite conversations that we had this year. Travel, you want to start? So, you know, I I don't I don't want to come out the gate hot. Okay. Oh no, I think you should. You think I should? I, I, I see your list. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So I I would like us to revisit um, an episode that we did called Whoopins, and in parentheses, Ooh. I turned out fine, or did I? Or did I? Right. <laughs> so this episode was it was a lot, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to say the least. We had a conversations about our experiences as, you know, young black kids getting our ass beat. And and particularly, right, that experience in, in the black communities, right, that we grew up in. But there's always that moment where, like, you know, sometimes they start off and they be like, this hurts you more than it hurts me, right? And then... After a few hits, you're like, oh no, you enjoying this. Yes. You're actually (laughs) letting out some shit about this right now with this whooping. And listeners had a lot to say. Honey, they felt away. They felt away. And one listener in particular, um, I don't know if y'all know this out there in the podcast streets, okay? But if you are a fan of Reddit, Okay, and you are on Reddit. Which neither one of us really is on Reddit very no, much, right? We not. I'm, I know I'm not. Um, but, you know, there's a maximum fun, I don't even know what you call it, maximum page, maximum fun group, I don't know what you call them things. But different shows have, like, different Reddits and, like, different listeners of the maximum fun, you know, network, you know, can create new threads based on different episodes and things like that. And we had a listener who created a thread um, on, <laughs> on Reddit. And in that thread, they called us child abuse apologists because of the episode. Yeah. So... I'll let you finish. And we were alerted to it by, you know, the fabulous folks over at the network. Shout out to the producers. And uh, 
you know, we, we, we had conversation about like how we wanted to respond because right. We are a show that like, we're open to feedback. We're open to kind of the, the complex and complicado of a lot of these conversations. What we're not open to, right. Is people calling us child abuse apologists, right. When that wasn't the conversation that we were having, we were just sharing our experiences. And so you jumped into the Reddit streets yourself and yeah. you responded to this individual basically saying right that you know you felt as if their read of the show right wasn't it wasn't an accurate representation of the conversation that we were having i think you called it like disingenuous or something like that um i genuinely can't remember what i said but there there were a variety of other people on the thread some people who had not listened to the episode and who were just like oh i'm not gonna listen because i don't want to support that and then there were other people who were on the thread who were like actually i listened to the episode and like no this isn't really you know right. right and we didn't really address it on the show because it was just very i think murky Fast forward. I think a we did read weeks. one letter. I think we did read one letter. Yes, and like we did. Ad- we did address yeah. some of the feedback because we did get a lot of feedback from the episode. We addressed some of it on oh, the, wow. the yeah. episode that followed that. But um, there, two weeks, I think two, maybe three weeks later, we actually got an email from the person who created that Reddit thread who called us child abuse apologists, and which I had forgotten about. I want to read. You brought this. Yeah, you brought it up, and I was like, "Oh crap, that did happen." I want to read the email, and the email comes from. We're gonna call you JC, and JC reads, uh, wrote, I should say. I posted a really hopped up on personal issues Reddit thread a couple weeks back about your whoopings episode, and I owe you an apology. I deleted the post and my account and just really need to go outside and take some deep breaths and get off the internet and stuff. But I just needed to apologize for not bringing a reasonable perspective or goodwill to the conversation. I could fill in the details about why, but they're not really relevant. The fact is I was really immature and defensive in that moment and I'm truly sorry for that behavior and grateful for the patience you demonstrated in your response at that time. So one, that almost never happens, right? Like so shout out to jc for that um and And by that you mean kind of apologizing is what you mean yeah and and like you know calling calling oneself out on their own shit like that doesn't tend to happen very often um i gotta say i was really jarred by the response to the episode i remember the catalyst of the episode was we had done the episode on straight black men and we had seth brundle and charles davis um and i remember seth brundle had mentioned that he uh had gotten whoopings as a child and you know i turned out all right and i remember thinking in the moment like oh god someone's gonna feel something about that but i didn't say anything and then we had a conversation about doing this episode later on Mm -hmm. and i i guess i don't know why but i think because we had such a long conversation about it i didn't expect people to feel such a way about it because i thought you know we provided context for where we were coming from we explained who we were and where we you know what our background was and how we felt about it and all this and blah 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 and so I thought we had done a really good job of contextualizing it. And we don't always do like a perfect job of contextualizing. No, we stories. don't. Honey. <laughs> yeah. Y'all and let I, us I, know. It's, it, listen, right. And I'm like, sometimes I think, I think like that is one of the things that I'm, I'm working on. Like, I think we need to sometimes provide better context for things. Um, but I thought like in that episode, we'd done a really good job of contextualizing it. So when I woke up the next morning and saw that we had already had emails and I'm like, the episode's hardly been out for a couple of hours on the East coast and I, you know, in other markets, excuse me, other time zones. I was really surprised by how much feedback we were getting about it. And I was kind of alarmed by it. We ended up having to have a meeting about it and all this different stuff. And it it kind of jarred me. And so like to be called a child abuse apologist, I was like, 
I was so confused about what that even was about, but it was one of the first times this year, one of the first times, because we did, you know, why white people love Wakanda um, early on, but it was one of those, those inflection points where I noted like the diversity of our audience. Right. And like Mm -hmm. the, who was listening and how they were responding to it, because I didn't even know that there were Reddit threads about a lot of the episodes that we've had on the show. Right. And that was, that was kind of surprising to me. So there was a lot to, to take out of the response to that. episode. Yeah, I did. And I, I, you know, want to thank, I think JC for, for one apologizing. Right. And then two for deleting the thread. Right. Um, I think that is the appropriate behavior. Um, I don't that. know if he should have do if if they should have deleted the thread or not because I thought there was interesting conversation. I mean, I'm not mad that no, the they should have deleted, deleted the but... thread. I'm glad they deleted the thread because I don't want anybody having a conversation. I don't want the idea out there. It's particularly from people who write who don't listen to the show to even think that we were being child abuse apologists because we weren't. And I think it is. <clears throat> Who knows what the future of our lives look like um, in terms of whatever we want to do in our lives and having that sitting out there, particularly when it is disingenuous, right? It's one thing if we were really doing it, right? And, And again, I don't think we were. And I think that's after taking a measured kind of uh uh re- approach to the criticisms that we received um so i'm glad it was deleted um but for me i think that was one of the moments in this past year that like stick out to me um, sure. as we were doing this show and it wasn't really connected to anything happening in the news it was really just something that you said grew out of this show um right. but you know i just wanted to because that to was kind of that. a tangential conversation uh, it was a kind of a tangent from another episode that was kind right. of related to the time. So, But what's on your list? Um, what's your first one on your list? The first thing on my list is uh, the episode with my bestie, Jarrett Lucas, who's executive director at the Stonewall Community Foundation. And I suggested that we had have him on the show because of a conversation he and I had had that, you know, kind of like he said something that kind of surprised me and like, I wouldn't say this to Jared or with Jared in the room because I don't need those kinds of problems. Kind of in the same way, I don't give you compliments to your face. Fuck you, um, bitch. But since, but <laughs> exactly, uh, but like Jared is a is a is a really brilliant mind, and so like I was talking to him, and he was talking about how like the concept of allyship um, is really really flawed. It's an episode that uh, that Jordan aptly titled "Okay, Allies." Now let's get information featuring Jared Lucas and and right um and he was talking about how the concept of allyship is flawed because the idea of needing someone to come along and be our aid in ending racism is is you know fundamentally you know fucked up and backwards and that it's the work of white folks and i think what was so great about that for me was that i'm able to see that in so many other contexts Right. It's not just about, you know, white people's role in ending anti-blackness, but it's also about straight people's role in ending homophobia and, uh, you know, cis people's role in ending transphobia. And, you mm-hmm. know, the list goes on and on. Um, and I, I really appreciated that conversation. And I we got a lot of feedback from that um, of people that that felt a lot of ways. And I, I forwarded some of them to Jarrett and he's he's always asking when he's coming back on and asking when Jordan's going to email him. So Jordan, <laughs> just FYI. Don't nobody want you, Bex. Listen, okay. I was like, people didn't even like you. Listen, we got enough Jared in our life already. We don't need another one. Um, I did want to say that I think, you know, uh, Jared Lucas's 
idea around like being a race traitor mm. i've i've taken that and referenced it in like different talks and speeches and stuff that i've done um since he's been on the show um and i've seen other people also like you mentioned reference him reference that episode in in other emails and feedback and stuff in terms of like you know how useful it was for them so shout out to jared yeah. lucas whatever um uh, what's number two on your list number two on my list and i should say my list isn't in any particular order these are just like you know some things right. that stuck out um and this one is going to be it's titled the reason black people don't eat chicken in public Jesus. okay featuring sam sanders from um npr it's been a minute uh I love this episode because it it kind it grew again out of just like <laughs> us being on social media talking our shit. You for whatever reason not liking bone in wings and which listen update. I've been eating a lot more bone in wings. Whatever, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. We all fall short of the glory of God, but there's always room to come back to Christ. Okay. I hate you. There's always room. You. But I love that episode because it we not only I mean we had kind of the very you know blase conversation about bone in wings versus boneless wings versus chicken nuggets, um, but then we were able to go a little deeper right into like the history of some of these stereotypes as it relates to chicken, as it relates to watermelon, and why people right might not feel particularly comfortable right some people some black people not feeling comfortable eating chicken or watermelon for that matter in public i will say the tweet um uh, i'll say it this way rather the that episode was in part inspired by um we each myself yourself and sam sanders had all tweeted at different times different things about chicken and my tweet was black people eating fried chicken in public is a revolutionary act and I meant it then as a joke, sort of, um, but it, it just strikes me so much how that tweet, somebody on the internet finds it every few months and it starts mm. recycling all over again. And to see <laughs> to see some people engage with it and be like, oh, this motherfucker's crazy. Y'all need to deplatform this motherfucker or some shit like that to other people who are like, but really though. I'm not eating fried chicken in front of white people type of thing. Um, and so that was a really fun episode for me. And let me tell you my secret theory about this Popeye's chicken sandwich. I think they're pumping mm -hmm. that chicken with saline solution. There's no way that chicken uh, should be that juicy consistently. Well, I think... I and mean, I love the juiciness. <laughs> Keep doing it. But it's got some assistance going on. I think they're just brining it. I think they brine uh, the chicken. Okay. Okay. Because mm. if it was saline solution, like they'd be in there with, you know, an injection or something. I wouldn't put it past them. They probably in somebody's factory either, doing what they need to do. Because <laughs> those, those are some big, some big, big old juicy breasts. hunks. And the thing about it, everyone that's had several sandwiches, everyone always says they are all that juicy. One of the things I love that also came out of the episode um, was really like the background and history of that. And also we tangentially talked about watermelon um, and how white people made it into something racist when it mm -hmm. didn't really begin that way. And that was that was also really interesting. And how we as black so. people, right, have now internalized that shit. Exactly, exactly. All right, number two on my list, again, not in any kind of a ranking order, but um, just, you know, a kind of a list. We did an episode called When Gospel Music Slaps and Leaves a Mark featuring Michael Chin, uh, who is a, a film executive over at Lifetime and also one of my really good friends. I... First of all, that was the first time I ever cried on the show. And technically, we were still, like, figuring out what the show was at that time. When we recorded um, it, yeah. Yeah, when we taped it. It was one of our, our piloting episodes that actually ended up being something that you all got to hear. Um, 
And I appreciated that episode because like my parents were really excited to listen to it and they had all this feedback about it. And my parents don't generally listen to the show and I generally don't, I try not to think of them when I am doing the show. Um, and so like to have like my parents reaching out and wanting to talk about it and, oh, uh, and to, right. To be clear, I have four and a half parents. Like I have a mom and a dad, but I also have step parents and I have a former step parent. Well, lucky this. you. Um, I don't know if it's lucky or if it's plagued, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but like I, that episode, like I still think back to that episode. It was one of the first times we did that format of content, um, which is a format that we've used in other episodes, kind of similar to what we just did um, in most in last week's episode um, with Kaylin Allen of, of kind of like having a roundtable conversation about like some uh, a short list of things that that um, stick with us. So I really really enjoyed that episode, and uh, I feel like it's probably one of our, our our best it's awkward when you realize that all of the, like the black gay men that i know or most of the black gay men that i know have like this really close relationship with gospel music uh-huh. and with the church and like that it's so tumultuous and difficult and mm-hmm. like filled with love and pain and it, it's it's a really odd thing to try and figure out because I know for myself, I've had a really difficult relationship with how I feel about gospel music because of things it says mm. sometimes affirm me, sometimes are beautiful, and sometimes really tell me that I should hate myself mm-hmm. or that are are really destructive. Yeah, that that episode is also on my list because um, it was just so damn good. And we still get emails to this day of folks, you know, talking about that episode and, you know, how it resonates with them. I definitely encourage people um, to check that out. Um, but we should probably take a break right about now. Um, so y'all stay right there and then figure out, you know, or, or this is my tease, y'all. I'm doing a horrible job at it. I'm like, th- where is he going with this? <laughs> this is my tease to basically tell you to stay your ass right there. Don't you turn off the podcast. We're going to be right back and we're going to give some flowers to, um, our only returning guest that has like, that has been on the podcast, I think twice now and probably mm-hmm. will be back more times. Um, probably. and so Y'all know who it is. Okay, we be back. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh. 
Probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. All right, welcome back to Fantai. We are getting into 2020, the year that was, and uh, really kind of digging into some of our favorite moments from the show this year. So one of your next ones is what? One of my next ones is ultimately it's a shout out to um, uh, Shar Jossel, who has been on our show now twice. Um, and the episode that I wanted to highlight is Wendy Williams. How you doing, girl? You okay? (laughs) Um, featuring Char in which, you know, we brought Char on because Char is, is a Wendy Williams aficionado. I mean, she's actually a pop culture, like broadly speaking, um, pop culture goddess. Listen, she knows it all. She witnesses and, 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 uh, absorbs and contains this, this host of knowledge, as it relates to pop culture. Uh, but she was the perfect person for that episode. Um, and this was around the time when, like, we were talking about the ways in which um, Wendy, uh, this is actually pre-pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. And these we were talking about just the ways in which Wendy Williams sometimes, you know, turns us off. We're big fans, obviously, but how the way she talks about certain things kind of, it traffics in, you know, um, um, transphobia sometimes. It traffics in anti-blackness sometimes. It traffics in all these different types of things that just make us go, hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> and it was really great to have her there to kind of, you know, break that down. If I'm not mistaken, she introduced the how you doing of it all when she was in Philadelphia um, because I think she was like doing like a skit or something pretending to be a gay man. I could be wrong, but I know that it wasn't introduced in New York. Yeah. But aside from that, how you doing is just fun to say. It is. Like it is very fun to say. Uh, but you, it does you have your eyes and you spread the lip. Yes. Like, How you doing? doing? <laughs> like it's it's fun and like it's cute and it's familiar and like But it does have problematic uh history. I I will say that one of uh the things that I loved about that episode was it was the first it was either the first or second time where we like threw out what we had planned to do that week and we're like, oh, we have to talk about this. And we know the exact person to talk to about it. Yes. Um Oddly enough, Char makes my list for a different episode. It was her second appearance on our show called Black Trans Lives Matter. Um, I believe we did this in June when everyone was protesting uh, right after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and all those things were, were you know, uh, headlining. Um, and Tony uh, McDade. Tony McDade. There was, there was a number of names that were coming out around that time. And we did this episode on Black Trans Lives Matter because there was a protest called all black lives matter and we were really getting into mm-hmm. the the weird nomenclature of that right of how, like what yes, is this nomenclature mean? good word thank you um and and feeling really weird about the naming of that and and being like why would you guys use all of of literally all the words you could have used all was the worst word to start off um of that phrase or that that branding mm-hmm. and i thought it was a really really valuable conversation that i thought did a really good job of highlighting the intersectionality of this show and the ways that we try to 
to really focus on the nuance in these stories. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the weeks um, where we we wanted to respond to or to have a conversation about like what was happening as it unfolds, right? I feel like some, some yeah. of our episodes are just like things that we want to talk about when we want to talk about them. Um, and sometimes they match up to the to the to what's going on in the news. And a lot of times they, they don't, right? Because we, we want to take the opportunity to sometimes delve a little deeper, right? Than, than we might be able to do if it's like in the news right then and there. Um, and so that was definitely a very important episode, I think, just in terms of um, kind of, putting a spotlight on the issue, talking about the ways in which, you know, black trans folks kind of are, are negatively impacted and, and um, face different violences um, in our society. And I, I will say that, you know, that happened in June. Um, and now, you know, as we record this, 2020 is the deadliest year on record for uh, trans people. The majority of the victims, I believe we're over 40 now, the majority of those um, those killed being um, black uh, trans women and femmes. Um, and so, you know, y'all gotta do better. <laughs> um, just, to, yeah. just to put it clearly. Um, but yeah, that was a really, I think, really timely and useful episode um, during that time. What's next on your list? Next on my list. Um, another black woman who came and shut it down on the podcast, okay? Um, this episode, this was the, it's a, uh, the title of it is Black Women Have Been Left Out of the Meat, uh, out of hashtag Me Too, featuring Drew mm. Dixon, um, who was kind of the lead producer and lead subject of the HBO Max documentary on the record um, in which she and a host of other women shared their experiences of uh, sexual assault at the hands of um, Russell Simmons. Um, and I think that was another episode that was, that was super timely, that was pulled mm -hmm. out of the headlines because we were, we had seen the ways in which like the Breakfast Club, for example, was like still platforming Russell Simmons and the ways in which there was a, a lot of silence, uh, particularly in hip hop, right? Um, when these black women came out, um, about the violence that, that they, they had faced, um, at, at Russell Simmons' hands, um, and... I think, you know, we were really happy to, to get Drew um, because she was doing a whole lot of press. Um, and I think the ways in which she just kind of described her story and described um, the ways in which she is now kind of, I think, taking back music, taking back hip hop for herself. Because um, she, she, because of her experiences, she just like left the industry. Um, but now she's like reclaiming it and, and finding a way through. Um, I, I loved hearing kind of that testimony from her. He is a serial rapist and many of his victims are black women and the black community told me by having him on the breakfast club and by not speaking out against it in 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 without with any real sort of focus and and that it it told me that i don't matter and it told me that we don't matter and it told me that maybe black women and girls still don't matter and that's just devastating to me one of uh, the things interesting with Drew was Drew was the first guest that we had that was kind of like out of a headline and like mm -hmm. that, you know, something was happening and we got the person that had them on the show. Um, Drew's been one of my favorite guests that we've had on as well, because um, I thought the documentary that she was a part of just really 
did such a beautiful job of telling the story of how black women have been left out of the Me Too movement, but also the ways that that looks practically. And I think Drew speaks about it so beautifully. Um, so I, I love, love, love that episode. And uh, she's been a, a cool person to, you know, interact with since that. So, um, yeah. Okay. Next on my list is uh, Dada Got Fired, Intersectionality and Code Switching. <laughs> um I love when we do an episode, um, and I, I think this is kind of the goal of every episode, to be honest, but I think some topics do it more than others. I love when an episode, um, you know, speaks to something that I know a, our listeners either can um, all relate to in a way that, like, the Black experience um, uh, is, is really built into the code switching conversation, um, or that if they can't relate to it, that they can really get some clarity on something that they don't understand mm-hmm. or, or haven't experienced. Or, as we kind of found out after that episode, you know, code switching is even more... Um, is more of a thing than I think we even thought about when we were writing it about being black and being queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really enjoyed that conversation, but I also really enjoyed the feedback that we got to it in the, in finding like, wow, I never thought about the ways that, you know, different kinds of people have to quote switch in different places. Um, and yeah, I just kind of appreciated the, the, what we put out and also what came back from that episode. I feel like that episode was one of the ones um, that was, Re- really kind of um um i remember we we had we had called out um a not called out but like we had read out um a couple tweets that we had gotten from some listeners who had heard us do um the interviews we did on bullseye um mm. and they were like oh y'all got on y'all npr voice over there right mm-hmm. and we we you know we took a little issue you know little she issue. said our white voice is what she said well um oh <laughs> 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 uh, and, and i think that was the inspiration for that conversation and and i think to have that conversation this year in particular right in which um black people um have come out in mass and said we tired of white people's bullshit. We tired of the ways in which we have to com- we were forced to comport ourselves in these different, primarily corporate type environments. And how many of us, right, are like, listen, we not doing it anymore. Or right, the ways in which this past summer and this current, you know, quote unquote reckoning with race that every industry is doing, um, kind of opens up opportunity for Black folks to, you know. Uh, more readily or more easily call out the the antagonisms that they face or that they experience um, in the workplace. And I think I, re- I remember I remember the thesis of that episode being like, you know, for both of us, how you know the whole whole idea of code switching, um, while it can be you know um, something that we do as a means of survival, right, in certain places, how it can also be. Um, a signaling of community um, and mm-hmm. of of safety, right, for others. Sure. Um, and how, you know, this year has changed um, some of those perspectives um, in terms of code switching for many of us. Sure. And um, you got one that I think is, is, you know, top five, top five, top five for both of us. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, my, the last one uh, we'll talk about here, I think was um one of the first times that we kind of like just threw the format out the window um it was early in june uh, we had an episode called 
tired period featuring joy dr joy degrew um and uh it was really like i i think you and i might have talked for like 10 percent of that episode right <laughs> like it was really uh dr joy giving us a master class and uh, i the thing that i always remember um cackling about was her we had just had amy cooper and christian cooper happen right at the same time as george floyd happening um and in that conversation about amy cooper she was like Karen needs to go to jail. Yes. And, and I remember like never hearing it worded that way and thinking like, that is absolutely perfect. And she had done an episode of the, the show. She doesn't mind uh, called Karen needs to go to jail. And I, and it, you know, and I mean, since that episode, we've now seen Amy Cooper has been, you know, brought up on charges and there's a controversy around that. And, um, but I just thought that that episode was so illuminating and she did such a beautiful job of kind of discussing the, the historic nature of uh, the trauma of black people and what it looks like in this moment and why. And I just thought it was really, really brilliant and I, I enjoyed it so much. So tired is probably absolutely, I, I would say it's absolutely in our top five episodes as you would top five, top five, top five. Dr. Joy has advocacy. I have a number of physicians, they're friends. And I'm saying, how about the black person that went in alone? Mm -hmm. how, how about the black person who, you know, doesn't have that extended family? Are you with me? Yeah. They let them die in some of those cases. Now I'm talking to nurses in addition. I'm not a parent, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but nurses will tell you, you have an overwhelming number of people coming in. Now you just do the math. We know that white supremacy shows up with police, teachers, doctors, attorneys, your next door neighbor, it's everywhere. Fine. Why do we believe it doesn't show up in those environments? And that's one of the episodes we should say um, that I think a number of people who came to the show during that time might have first heard because we did mm, a couple of feed right. drops of that episode in, you know, a few other, you know, podcasts. Um, and so that's probably one that, you know, you all have heard a lot this uh, at these parts. Yeah. By these, by these, by these, what am I saying, Jesus Lord? I don't know. I, I, I usually don't. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We want to know what your favorite episodes of the show have been and what stuck with you throughout this year. You can tweet at us um, at Fanti Podcast or hit us up on Instagram. Use the hashtag Fanti Fam um, so we can jump in and see what y'all are talking about and maybe respond if it's not something too crazy. Well, but before that, I just want to say, and if you, if you have, have ideas of like different topics that we should take on for 2021 like we're yeah. completely open to that you probably you know if it's a person a place a thing a, a, a slogan <laughs> that was a, a funny that's that a callback um <laughs> <laughs> if you know you know <laughs> very that um but yeah let us know what you want us to discuss you know in 2021 we've got some things coming up some real good juicy good good coming up for you i'm already excited about 2021 it's like just a, just I'm already. I mean, January. Never mind. Um, and we've got our one year anniversary coming up. Um, that part. That's I, I. Part of me is like, wow, has it already been a year? And part of me is like, it's only been a year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I feel like COVID has really warped time, uh, and it doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we got, come back, we've got a couple of very special honorable mentions. I don't think any of them are dishonorable this time. Uh, Fansite's coming back. All right, y'all, as the year 2020 of our Lord and Savior, Beyonce Christ, comes to a close, we wow. know that it has been tough to just stay level-headed 
and to remain calm, as it were. That means you need to check uh, out Calm, the doing. app, right? Because it will help you just just do away with the stress, okay? Now, over 85 million people around the world have been using Calm to take care of their minds, get better sleep, just to kind of, you know, center themselves. They have a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep. They've got soundscapes and guided meditations and over 100 sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rowland, Lord Dern. You need to get yourself the Calm app which is dedicated to transforming the way you sleep. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash fanti. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every single week. Get started today at calm.com slash fanti. That's calm.com slash fanti. Fantasy is also brought to you in part by Libby this week. I have talked a lot about loving audiobooks. Um, they're the, really the only way that I can get through books is by listening to them because of just the way that my brain works. Well, Libby is a free reading app created by Overdrive that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone, tablet, Kindle, or computer. All you need is a valid library card from your local library. Even if you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book that you see. Libby works just like your physical library card. You simply borrow available books you want to read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. What I love most about this is I'd completely forgotten that you could go to the library and get any book that you want because <laughs> I haven't done that in ages. And so the idea that we can do that now virtually is kind of amazing. Start reading with Libby right now. Go to meet.libbyapp.com to sign up. That's meet, M-E-E-T, dot Libby app, L-I-B-B-Y-A-P-P dot com. Welcome back, beautiful people, okay? We are getting into our dishonorable, I think, like you said, I, these are all honorable mentions. Um, and there's actually a special edition of honorable mentions, okay? Mm. This is our Fanti Fam edition. You know, we've had a number of you all who have been, like, deeply dedicated to the show you you live tweet the show when you're listening to it you send us emails consistently sometimes dragging us you know sometimes calling us out calling us in all that good stuff and sometimes you know adding good stuff to the show so we want to shout some of you all out can i just say i love the live tweet threads because i one i like to see you know, the responses in real time. But I also love it because I'm like, oh, we'll wait till we get, wait till she get another five minutes in or, you know, not going to like that. You know right. what I mean? I enjoyed the tweet thread. Right. That's if a you hate it at to, minute to 10, wait till you get to minute oh. 22, <laughs> sis. Exactly, exactly. Um, I I don't think I mentioned this on the, sh on the show before, but it's definitely one of my very favorite pieces of listener feedback. Um, it comes from... Uh, Grammy-winning artist India Ari, yeah, uh, who who sent me some voice notes uh, after listening to our episode on the Shade Room, and I I was cackling because <laughs> she was eating us alive Listen. for for 
something that I think was a reasonable, uh, a reasonable piece of pushback. She was saying how we had spent all this time talking about whether or not the shade room is journalism or if it's just media and this, that, and the other. And like, you know, and it's so disrespectful and they should be doing this and the other. And she was like, and I was just waiting on one of you to say, it's a place called the shade room. <laughs> and I was like, well, goddamn, you know what? You're right. <laughs> we, we did not touch that point. Uh, so that was one of my very favorite pieces of listener feedback from this past year. Shout out to uh, Miss India Ari uh, Brown Skin. You know okay. I love your brown skin. Um, I, I, <laughs> I wish people could see you singing right now. It was crazy. Oh, I love Izzy Ari. I'm so glad that she listens to the show. We might, we, we might have to try to get her on the show. We're going to make that happen. We're going to figure something out. Yes. Um, so last week's episode, I did give a shout out to Portia Bartley, who is another member of the Fanti fam, who reads us for filth every week. I want to continue that um, by shouting out my two good duties of mine that listen to the show consistently. That's one of my best friends, Bianca Austin and Christopher Williams. Um, I went to uh, Morehouse with Chris. They're always either tweeting us or texting me their thoughts. Literally, literally Bianca will live text the episode <laughs> to me, okay? <laughs> As, as she's Which means on Thursday it. morning, you must have her on silent because you don't want the ding, 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 Listen, ding, ding. Listen, okay. Love her to death. But shout out to both of them. Shout out to that Spell House love, okay? Bianca went yes. to Spelman. Um, and then we have to shout out, um, first and foremost, Dr. Diet, who uh, be getting us have together us as together. well. You know. <laughs> We see you. Thank you. Um, and then last but not least, I want to shout out. Um, I need to f- I need to figure out her real name. I remember her. She told me in some capacity at some point. Um, but I, I, I looked in my DMs. I looked all over the place for it and I couldn't find it. Um, but she goes by Legal Sojourner on Twitter. Okay. Yes. And she's one of those people who live tweets as she's listening to the episode. She will get in our asses when she feels like we missed something or we said something wrong or whatever the case may be. She she been knocking on our door, waiting for merch patiently. It's coming, sis. Yes. I promise you. Um, but like I just want to shout all of y'all because, you know, this show wouldn't be what it is without the listener feedback. For um, sure. And so we're really appreciative that y'all, you know. Give us, you know, a taste of our own medicine. When yes, necessary. I feel like I feel like Legal Sojourner is the one that I'm always like, she ain't gonna like that, <laughs> or or you know, like like I, I feel like I I hear you, Monique. Oh oh, producer Jordan says it's Monique that is her name. Uh, Monique, we love you. Yes. We appreciate we appreciate all of the opinions, even when they're wrong. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, we love uh, all the feedback on the show. It, it really, uh, it makes it a lot of fun to to hear back from so, from so many of you. The last thing I want to mention before we get out of here, um, a, a very important honorable mention um, is all of our folks that are listening in Georgia, um, probably a lot of you in Atlanta, but uh, in the Atlanta <laughs> metro area, but absolutely throughout the state of Georgia. For those of you that are in Georgia, um, hopefully you are registered to vote, but I want to remind you that the Georgia runoff is coming up uh, and it is so important um, that we get you all out there to vote because 
the control of the Senate is hanging in the balance. And really, that has a lot to say about where this country goes going forward. Um, John Ossoff and Re- Reverend Raphael Warnock um, are both running for Senate. And we have got to make sure that they win in Georgia. So I'm, I'm really pushing for everyone in Georgia to make sure to get out and vote on January 5th. Um, and that, I think, is an episode for us. Do you have anything that you want to... No, nope, that that's going it. On. We getting the hell up out of here, just like we getting the hell up out of 2021. Oh, wait, no, 2020. Oh, I'm jumping. I'm jumping already. Wow. Wow. I mean, who knows what 2021 has, Listen. right? But uh, <laughs> uh, we thank you so much for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you're able to rate the show, we ask that you give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, you can tweet at us or hit us up on Instagram at Fanti Podcast. Make sure to use the hashtag Fanti Fam because we can uh, check out what y'all are talking about and maybe respond or maybe not okay. or start our own <laughs> conversations or whatever. And as always, you can send us an email at fanti at maximumfun.org if you, your comments and your thoughts are bigger than Instagram and Twitter allow. Um, and if you want to be a financially contributing member to this good good that we give you, you know, we would love a New Year's present, right? By having you become a member at maximumfun.org slash join. So go on and do that if you ain't already that did that. Our music is brought to you every week by Corey's. Shout out to Corey's, C-R-R dot E-C-E. Check him out wherever you get Slayworthy audio. Also shout out to Ashley Wen, who has been doing our graphics this year. And I don't know if I should say this, but working on something oh, cute for wait, y'all. No, don't, don't, say, don't say nothing yet. Don't say nothing yet. I'm going to take it back. Hold on to it. Uh, our producers, uh, as always, all year long. Um, you know what? I'm going to give you all three of them that have worked on the show this year. Yes. Can I do um, it and you do the sounds? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Wait, let me think. Uh, well, I know what to do. Okay. Okay. So shout out to, first and foremost, the person who brought us to Maximum Fun, Laura Swisher. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding a little raspy over there. Um, Listen. <laughs> and our go-to producer, Jordan Cowling. And last but not least, okay. And last but not least, she helps us out sometimes every now and again. Give a shout out to Kristen Bennett. Uh, thank you so much for spending an hour with us each week this year. Happy New Year. This is a production of Maximum Fun. Ew. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Yeah. Oh, am I supposed to go first? That's, That's what, what you mean by is. start? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,